Welcome to this recording being provided to you by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas. Should you determine from your knowledge of Scripture that this content is authentic, we ask you to share it through whatever technology you are using. I'll begin today by taking us to Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. The Gospel of Luke chapter 10. To begin, find verse 38. Listen carefully to this account in Luke chapter 10, beginning at verse 38. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary. She sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. You are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. In my life as a preacher, enjoying the hospitality generally afforded to preachers, I recognize this scene. You enter someone's home, and often you visit with the husband while the wife is off in the kitchen. You can hear the sounds associated with the final preparations for a meal. She is busy applying her skill for your enjoyment, and that kind of devotion and effort is greatly appreciated and calls forth your warmest gratitude. But I'm just a preacher. This was Jesus. Imagine, ladies, Jesus in your home. While you want to apply your skill and do your best to serve him, there is something greater, someone greater than your usual guest. No one like this has ever been in your home. The text says she was distracted with much serving. And down further in the passage, notice what Jesus said to her in verse 41, you are anxious and troubled about many things. It wasn't that what she was doing was sinful in itself. She was distracted. No one like this had ever visited her home. His priority wasn't to consume the best food he had ever eaten. There was a wonderful priority, a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Jesus called this one thing, the good portion was the spiritual food, the bread of life in her house imparting nourishment, Jesus' teaching. Now, this passage is truly relevant today because we are often hindered by distractions. This sermon is my effort to use the Bible to address some of the dangerous distractions that can keep us from the good portion. As Martha was anxious and troubled about many things, we too are anxious and troubled about many things. There is a need for us to be aware of those distractions and then push out of the way 
whatever hinders us from the attention we must pay to the master. So, in the first part of this sermon, I'll identify some of our distractions. In the second part, I'll use Scripture to steer us away from those distractions with very specific measures given by the Holy Spirit. References will be made to Scripture throughout, so keep your Bible ready and perhaps a notepad. Dangerous distractions will be identified and then specific measures to get us back on course. And here's what I'm going to say to us several times in the course of our sermon. We can't get to the destination if we are not focused on the path to that destination. Let me say that again, and you'll hear it more. We can't get to the destination if we are not focused on the path to that destination. All right, let's look at four dangerous distractions. Like Martha, we are often anxious and troubled about many things. What are some of those things that distract us? Number one, the cares of this world. Sometimes we actually catch ourselves paying way too much attention to things that don't matter that much and that distract us from what really matters. I hope we are honest about that, every one of us. We are familiar with the warning in Luke 8 verse 14 that the word of the Lord doesn't take root in hearts encumbered by the cares of this world. This was in the Lord's parable. You may remember this. It says, And as for what fell among the thorns, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. Before I throw myself into something, I need to gauge the importance of it and inquire of myself honestly, am I paying attention to something that doesn't matter that much, that should not earn the time and the attention I devote to it? We all know some things are just earthbound, not as important as kingdom priorities. There may be responsibilities we need to attend to, yes, but there are a lot of things that just distract us from kingdom priorities. And when we assess them carefully and honestly, they're just not that important. Let's not be dulled and stunted and distracted by earthbound things. Take responsibility, but don't be consumed or distracted from commitment to the Lord by the cares in this world. Likewise, Worry is a distraction. One of the simplest things the Lord ever said was, Matthew 6, 25, do not worry or be anxious. And that is repeated several times in that context. It isn't a statement against responsible planning. It isn't against concern and thought about things that require attention. It is about that anxious frenzy the preoccupation and distraction that merely fills your mind with negative stuff but doesn't take you anywhere about real responsibilities and spiritual discipline. 
you spend a lot of time thinking about something and worrying about something, but no problem is solved by that time you spend mentally. The cares of this world distract us. And Jesus said, do not worry. The next distraction I'm going to identify, I'm going to call baggage. Something happened a long time ago, and you carry that resentment with you, and it troubles you and distracts you from the zeal of discipleship now. Let me say that again. I want to identify this. Something happened a long time ago, and you carry that resentment with you, and it troubles you and distracts you from the zeal of discipleship today. Emotional baggage. Looking in the rearview mirror with agony that keeps you from being useful in the Lord's work. This is why Jesus said in Matthew 5, 21 to 26, agree with your adversary quickly. And to that, Paul adds, forgetting what lies behind, reaching forward, pressing on. One more, and this may be one of the most common distractions of our time. I'm going to call this digital distractions, and this will convict many of us. Too much screen time with our phones, tablets, and computers. Not being productive, just wasting time. If you're guilty, you know what you're doing. Our technology can be applied to very good uses. I trust we are using that right now. We are using the gift of technology to preach God's word. Uh, you are using it to listen to God's word preached. We thank God for that. But every tool that can be applied to good use can also become a distraction, a bad habit, a time consumer. There can be no doubt digital distractions are a problem for many people. On any day, we get pings and beeps and text messages and notifications, and it may be everything stops so we can see what that message is. Look over at the phone or who likes us or what the latest debate on social media is. I'll tell you a story I heard recently about what a preacher did. They had internet at the building, and not just for their live stream of services. They opened up their internet, gave everybody in the auditorium a username and password, and allowed them to log in accepting the terms. As the preacher delivered sermons after that, he noticed many were looking at their phones. And his first generous assumption was they're using their Bible apps on their phones or they're taking notes. A few were. The preacher wondered. So one Sunday, he took everything that was being typed and viewed through the Wi-Fi connection, stopped his sermon, and put it all on the overhead screen. Well, people in the audience were nervous and chatting with each other, and very few Bible apps were being opened. Some were playing games and Facebook and Snapchat and music. His bold tactic created quite an awakening in that church of awareness and embarrassment and conviction. And after that, 
They locked down their internet, using it only for their live stream. The story illustrates digital distraction. This is not a complicated issue. We are often distracted with thoughts, worries, and fears, reducing our concentration on things that are most important about God, Jesus, what the Holy Spirit has revealed, the prospect of heaven. We sometimes agonize over the present or the past, and it takes our eyes off of the road to heaven. We are often anxious and troubled about many things. All right, how do we fix that? We fix it with specific measures the Holy Spirit has given to God's people. Remember, we can't get to the destination if we are not focused on the path to that destination. We need help with distractions. And I don't have some classy answer nobody has ever given or discovered. I don't have something you've never heard of before. What I have is what the Holy Spirit has given written in the Bible. I'm going to go through these specific measures to help us with distractions. Number one, pray. I want you to be finding Hebrews chapter 4. Please be finding Hebrews chapter 4. I'll tell you this, the original readers of the Hebrew letter were distracted. The original readers of the Hebrew letter were distracted. They were, in some cases, treated like traitors who had left the religion of Judaism, suffering persecution, and in need of further instruction and motivation to keep their eyes on Jesus. Part of this building up of their faith, part of this strengthening them and disciplining them against the distractions of persecution was this part of what was written to them. Since then, we have a great high priest. I'm in Hebrews 4, 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. What is distracting you from serving God? Perhaps one of the things I've mentioned or something else. Once you honestly identify what is distracting to you, speak to the Father about that. James said, if any of you lacks wisdom, ask God. Confess that you are busy about many other things. Seek the help that is promised through Jesus Christ in prayer. Number two, read Read your Bible. I'll take us to Psalms 119, verse 15. Are we distracted to the point we're not reading God's Word? We have a text message from God. As the old AOL commercial used to say, you've got mail. 
Are we too busy, too distracted to open it, read it, and use it? The New Living Translation of Psalms 119 verse 15 reads, I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. You have to make time for that. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. And when you make time for that, you may have to turn all the digital equipment off. I will study your commandments and reflect on your ways. Now, these are not new discoveries I've made and new discoveries you're hearing that you've never heard before. These are the simple instructions from the Holy Spirit designed to keep us on course. Take half the time you spend on your phone or computer doing things that have no spiritual benefit and open your Bible, read it and study it, pray and apply it to your life. We've heard this over and over. Perhaps we need a fresh start. With regard to baggage, or sometimes called a rear-view mirror, what some may need to do is just clean house. I'm going to take us over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. If you are distracted by some past event, something dark and bitter that you just can't get past, somebody hurt you or you hurt somebody, obviously if you've sinned, deal with that as the Holy Spirit instructs and urgently apply what the Bible says about clearing out the mental and emotional dark distractions and baggage in your head. It says in this passage, this is Ephesians chapter 4, the last two verses. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Then, how about this measure given by the Holy Spirit? Confront your screen time. I'm going to take us to Ephesians 5.16. Confront the time you spend in front of that screen doing things that are of no spiritual benefit. God holds his people accountable for how we use our time, our opportunity. Ephesians 5.16 says, redeem the time. Here's what that's about. It's about the best use of time intentional, consistent, and good use of the time God has granted to us. Now, listen carefully. This doesn't mean if you turn the TV off at night, reduce your phone and computer time to a few minutes and cut off all social media, you will suddenly be a better person and more spiritually minded. No, when you reduce your screen time, what you do is open up time, opportunities, what will you do with those blocks of time you've opened up? If we reduce the screen distraction in order to engage in more spiritual pursuits, that's the plan. Not just turn everything off, but turn it off or turn away from that screen and then use that time for good spiritual discipline. In our time, with our technology, 
We have a unique task as Christians to discover what is good about digital technology and use it for good without being drawn into the distractions that simply waste time and do us no good at all. So, Martha wasn't off somewhere involved in transgressions of various sorts. She wasn't out for the day. I don't think she was entirely ignoring Jesus. She was doing what good domestic engineers do all the time from the beginning. She was being hospitable. She was serving. Here's what I want us to think about. True distractions include anything, even a good thing, that veils our spiritual eyes from the shortness of time and from the urgency of the season of heightened expectation as we await the summing up of all history. That's not original with me. I read that in a book I'm reading, 12 Ways Your Phone is Changing You by Tony Renicky. We are busy, distracted, troubled by thoughts and actions other than the Lord, what he has promised, and the destination. We can't get to the destination if we are not focused on the path to that destination. To explain further, I want to be really clear. There are some sins and destructive behaviors we have no difficulty identifying. They have names. Paul and Peter give us these lists of theft, lying, adultery, slander, malice. So there is far more out there than just these sins that can take us away from God. 2 Corinthians 11.14 says even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. Some things don't look evil and of themselves are not evil, but, well, you know what Martha was doing was not like those specific sins. A woman cooking and preparing a meal for a special guest is not in any list of sins. The part of that to be clear about is letting yourself be distracted or pulled away from what is more important. This sermon is not a recommendation to unplug all your digital devices, never play golf, or neglect your career perspective, priorities, what you value most, what's asking for and what requires the highest attention level in your life. That's the message. And that takes me to my closing passage in Hebrews chapter 12. I'll give you a moment. Hebrews chapter 12. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 to put all this into some final conclusive perspective. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Let's get to that place. This comes right after that chapter that's packed with real-life illustrations of the activity of faith, and it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight, and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We can't get to the destination if we are not focused on the path to that destination. Thank you for being with us. We are the Laurel Heights Church of Christ.